This is the Taiwanology podcast from Commonwealth Magazine, where we discuss Taiwan matters and why they matter to you. Coming to you from Taipei, the capital of the freest nation in Asia. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Taiwanology podcast. This is your host, Guang Yingliu from Commonwealth Magazine. When we talk about snack food from Taiwan, what comes to mind? Bubble tea? It was so yesterday. Two weeks ago, Commonwealth Magazine published a new cover story about Taiwan food conquering the world. So in the U.S. or in Europe, now you can find in Costco's or Trader Joe's dry noodles from Taiwan or bubble tea. But we're going to talk about something even more delicious today. We're going to delve into an intriguing and chewy story that has been captivating taste buds across the globe. If you Google it, you will see that mochi is a kind of Japanese rice dessert made with sticky rice, and it often appears in small bite-sized balls. Chances are you've tried these chewy delicacies in Kyoto or a night market in Taipei, as they are also super popular here in Taiwan. So today we are going to talk to one company that specializes in making mochi's, Royal Family Food from Taiwan. Over the past thirty-seven years, it is selling over one point five million mochi's a day across over fifty countries around the world. It had also supplied mochi ingredients to Hagendas for their seasonal mochi ice cream offerings. So actually, I have a personal story to share. I have a very good friend, Doville. She is a member of the Parliament of the Lithuanian Seimas. Last year, before I visited her in Vilnius, Lithuania, I got a message from her. She said, "Well, Guangying, if you're coming to Vilnius, could you please bring something for me?" And I said, "Of course. What would you like?" She sent me a few photos of some. Pink mochi balls, and I have to be honest, I have never seen them at the stores. But she said, "Oh, you can get them very easily at the airports." So that's what I did. And when I visited her, she was so happy to receive the mochi balls. So, what is a mochi, and why are they so popular? And most intriguingly, why has the Japanese delicacy become Taiwan's signature sweet? That's so beloved by the world. Today in our studio, we have the perfect guest to explain what a mochi is. So today we have Alvin Huang. He is the director of sales and marketing of Royal Family Food, and he is coming from Central Taiwan today. Hi, Alvin. Thank you for coming in.、Uh, thank you, Guang. Okay. You. Yeah. Thank you for having me today. So, could you just explain to the Our listeners across the world, if they are not from Taiwan or they have never been to Taiwan, they might struggle to understand what a mochi is. How would you explain that? Sure. So mochi, by definition, is a Asian treat made from glutinous rice, and that has been cooked and pounded into a sticky, chewy texture. So kind of like a dough. But for my definition, if I try to explain it. Easily to someone who has never tried before, so it's basically a Asian treat that has a very unique texture and has a lot of incorporation with different ingredients and 
if you never try it, you have to try it because it will blow your mind. Okay, so it's really all about the texture. So in in Taiwanese, we have an expression, "q," right? It's really difficult to explain to listeners who are not Taiwanese. But "q" is something that's chewy. Yeah, right. Words, right. So it's difficult to find an exact word in English to describe the texture. But in Taiwan, we we'll often call it "q." You will find it in bubble tea, for example, the tapioca uh, ball. Tapioca balls. Yeah,、mm. exactly. And mochi in nature is also very similar to those tapioca ball, although it's a little bit different with their ingredient. What are some of really common flavors of mochi? So the signature ones I would say in Taiwan would be red bean paste, okay, or peanut. Peanut is my favorite. Yeah, a lot of Taiwanese people's favorite, and also sesame. sesame. Yeah, yeah, sesame or coated with sesame seeds. Those are also very popular and、right. appealing with their appearances.、Mm-hmm. And what about some of the more exotic flavors besides the signatures ones? Exotic flavors. There are a lot of them. I mean, for example, durian mochi is very popular. Durian. Yeah, durian. So it's a very strong flavor fruit. If you never try it, it's one of the biggest food I believe. It's originated from Southeast Asian yeah. countries. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So、yeah. I believe that's a very special flavor, and it's an acquired taste, I should say. Yeah, of course, and a lot of people、yeah. actually like it a lot, and so it's very polarized. You know, so you you either like it a lot or you don't. You hate it. Okay, so Alvin, you look so young. Did you start the company? I grew up in the company because my parents started the company back thirty-seven years ago. Okay, and and that's how old are you? I'm exactly thirty-seven years. Okay,、old. so yeah, you're as old as the company. Yes, so basically, I grew up with the company. Well, how did your father decide to make Machi your company's signature product? Okay, so my parents they started the company. So thirty-seven years ago, in central Taiwan, in Taichung, and so they were young couples looking for new ideas they can build into their own business. You know, so we started out producing traditional snack and selling those traditional snack in Taiwan local market. And then, so one day, one of my father's girlfriend came to visit him and brought a beautiful box of mochi、uh, from Japan. So, so, so it turned out that the mochi was actually produced by my father's friend's customer.、Uh, I mean, not customer, actually a business partner at the time.、Mm-hmm. So, so, in Taiwan, produced in Taiwan or in Japan? Oh, produced in Japan.、Oh, okay. So I think he just happened to visit them in Taiwan and then probably with some business. So he brought that when he visited him, and then so he invited that Japanese friend over and then just asked him what. The product was about because he was really fascinated by the quality and the look of it.、Mm. Yeah, so the company was actually producing a machinery that actually is capable of producing that mochi at、oh, the time. Yeah, mochi machine. So my father didn't speak a word of Japanese, but he was just fascinated by the product. And then so they talk a little bit, and I don't know how for how long. And then so they decided. So the Japanese. A、uh, customer asked him, you know, if he want to come to Japan and learn how to make it. And then, without being、uh, able to speak a word of Japanese or never visited Japan in the past,、uh, so he flew with him, you know, a couple days. He went for、later. the mochis. Yeah, so he just 
went there and then see if it's possible to bring it over to Taiwan, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. there were a lot of opportunities in Taiwan back then. Right. So that's how he started. And now you're producing 1.5 million mochis a yeah, day. So the rest was history. You know, of course, there were a lot of stories behind it. And he brought it over because the mochi that the company introduced to him at that time was nothing like the mochi that we can find in mm -hmm. Taiwan. So, you know, we have our traditional mochi in Taiwan, but that uh, mochi he thought was really different yeah. from, from what he normally know. Right. Yeah. yeah, the mochi we see in the market, they are made freshly on the spot and maybe good for two or three days. Right. That's how they are traditionally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I think with nicer packaging and it, with the modern processing technology, of course, they can create a lot of different flavors. And then also the shelf life can be extended to maximum a month, you mm -hmm. know, so uh, yeah. he thought that was really the key because he can actually make it more available to a bigger market rather That's than true. just being a street food or something that you make at home. Right. And that leads us to the next question. So starting in Taiwan, after a royal family conquered the Taiwanese market, you have decided to go abroad, right? Right. Yeah. So my father, before he started the company, he was actually doing international sales for, I think, shoemaking companies mm -hmm. at that time. And then so that's what a lot of Taiwanese companies were doing, mainly focused on export market. So for food overseas market, it was kind of seen impossible, you know, but it was kind of his dream to try to explore the overseas market. Why was that? I, I think he just think that as a small business in Taiwan, it's important that we look outside of our own country because there is going to be a bigger opportunity and then also probably just, you know, like try to conquer different markets. Mm -hmm. Right. So going international, uh, where did you start? So we started, I think the first stop was probably Singapore or Malaysia. Mm -hmm. I think there was a, a trade show that he, he attended. And as you probably know, Singapore and Malaysia, they have a rooted Chinese culture. Right. So they also have very similar cuisine or food. So you're saying yeah. that the people in Singapore and Malaysia were already familiar with mochi-like desserts. Yeah, so they probably call it a different name. Mochi, the word that we're using right now is actually from Japanese. Okay. So in Taiwan, we call it mochi. Right. right. And also yeah. there elsewhere, they call it a different name. So for example, the, the Hakka people in Taiwan, they call it zipa. So ah, it's okay. kind of so it's very similar, but just with different flavor. Yeah, I think the word is just like sushi. It it was originally Japanese, but yeah. it's now become international exactly, language. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, you started in Singapore, Malaysia, and how about where are the biggest markets right now for the mochis? So as of today, the biggest market would be uh, United States mm -hmm. or North America, and also with doing quite well in Europe. So it's probably very strange for some people. Because, yeah, yeah, it's really hard for me to imagine because 10 years ago, I have some Dutch friends who came to Taiwan for the first time. And when I tried to introduce them to bubble tea, they were really uh, confused. They're saying you're not supposed to chew your drink and not to mention that they really don't like the chewy tapioca texture. So why do Europeans like mochis now? I think it's kind of paradox because people think that people from like those countries don't really have that kind of texture. So they wouldn't be very f 
familiar with it, so they would normally dislike mm -hmm. or just wouldn't even try it. But I think for us at the time, it was kind of like what we call a blue ocean strategy. You okay. know, so because in Taiwan you find mochi everywhere, so there are homemade ones, maybe some mochi that's famous in specific region. So everybody has their own taste, but see market because people are not familiar with it. So it was really difficult at the beginning just to educate people or have people try mochi. But the mochi itself is actually very appealing with their appearances because it's colorful. So of course, we incorporate different flavors and then, you know, it took us maybe 15 years or so to make it actually a little bit more popular now. Right, Alvin, you were saying that the, the largest market for your mochis is the, the U.S. But who are your customers? So I was actually very curious about that. So we tried to actually go to the store and see who actually pick up our products. We thought that was probably Asian population was our biggest customer. So right. it actually turned out to be the opposite. You know, a lot of people are actually non-Asian. Let me say this. So in Taiwan, actually a lot of people perceive mochi as a food for maybe more elderly right. people, you know, or like usually... It's old people snack. Yeah. So yeah, if you say that. So because it's traditional and uh, young people usually prefer something that's maybe more Western. But mochi uh, for those Western countries are actually quite new. So right. I think the the reason it becomes popular is because a lot of cultural exchange, you know, when people travel... And also maybe from social media. And so we, I see a lot of our products being shared on uh, social media. On like TikTok, TikTok and Instagram. Instagram. So right. because yeah. it's very Instagrammable with the texture, you know, when you eat it, it's kind of fun. You know, it's very stretchy. So you're saying that your largest customer base is teenagers. Yeah. So what we call Gen Z or even younger than millennials. So we were seeing, we're seeing a lot of products are actually sold to the store that serve those younger generation because those people they don't they are more curious about new products and then so they see the product from social media and they are more willing to try so it's actually quite interesting because it's completely the opposite so that's why we think it's even more potential for us to try to cultivate the market i could see that the teenagers if they grow up eating mochis they are going to eat mochi all their life and their children will eat mochis too. Yeah, hopefully that's the case. <laughs> I was uh, just thinking about uh, the different flavors that we have. What's your most popular flavors? Uh, so the most popular flavors, I would say, are still the Asian classic ones, you know, mm. so like the ones I mentioned, red bean, peanut, sesame, or green tea matcha, because those are what people would think when they think about Asian Food? Asian flavors, yeah. yeah. So, but sometimes, you know, like having people try mochi with red bean paste might be a little bit too much, you know, especially for European, you know, because they eat their beans savory, you know. Right. They yeah. don't eat sweet beans. Yeah. So it's actually a, quite a challenge for them unless they are really a big fan of Asian food, you know. So there are actually people like that. But when we try to make it more accessible, for a bigger customer base, we created flavor like fruity flavor with strawberry, with chocolate, you know, so those can be less strange or for some customer because mochi itself is actually a unique texture. So for a lot of people, because they don't have exactly that kind of texture in their cuisine. Okay. Yeah. 
So we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we're going to talk about royal family's collaboration with a world famous brand. Welcome back to the Taiwanology podcast. This is Kuang Ying Liu, your host. Our guest today is Alvin Huang, director of sales and marketing at Royal Family Food Company from Central Taiwan. So today we are going to continue our mouth-watering topic of mochis. We、um, were talking about a major collaboration project with a very big ice cream brand. So Alvin, could you talk about that? How did I start? Yeah, so the cooperation with the ice cream brand, which is Hagen does. I think we can talk about that. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so of course it's a very prestigious, well-known brand in the world. So I think that was in two thousand sixteen when I was first approached by one of their R and D manager. So so who the, is in France at the time? Yeah, actually, yeah, they are based in France.、Okay. So it was quite strange, you know, first. You know, contacted by a French company, which I wasn't sure if it's a real deal or not. Did they say in the email that they're representing Hagen Dazs? Yeah, I think they first sent an inquiry through our website, and then I don't know if they say they were Hagen Dazs or not.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they should probably say you know she was from Hagen Dazs. So of course I doubt that if that was true or not because we get some spam email sometimes, you know,、mm-hmm. but. After getting a call from her, you know, I thought that was probably real because she was quite professional and used a lot of professional terms that I didn't even know at the time. So even though she didn't know much about mochi, but she was obviously a food scientist. Right. Okay. So what did Hagen does want from you at the time? She mentioned that they were seeing a Asian food trend across the world, and then they thought mochi was actually One of a very unique product that can potentially be incorporated with their ice cream. You know, they wanted to put mochis in their ice cream. Yeah, I wasn't sure what they wanted to do at the time, and then,、mm. but I found that she wanted to put mochi into the ice cream as a inclusion.、Uh, so we happened to have a similar application、uh, a couple years before that. You know, when we supply、uh, some of our mochi to. What we call a frozen yogurt uh, shops, uh, yeah. So,、uh, so we happen to have similar application, and then、uh, we just have to overcome their technical difficulties. You're the expert of mochis, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, so was that difficult working with Hagen Dazs? Yeah, it was difficult because we come from a very different cultural background. She did a lot of research about mochi, but I have to kind of explain to her what is the Essential point of mochi processing. For example, she wanted us to remove some of the ingredients from mochi, but I told her that was kind of impossible because that's what's actually required. Okay, what does she want to remove? For example, we use sugar, but also we use maltose, which is a kind of like a liquid sugar,、uh-huh. and it gives the texture of mochi. But、uh, I think they didn't know what that was, you know, because that wasn't commonly available in Europe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So these are essential ingredients. So you ended up having this project with Hagendas for three, four years, right? Yeah, I think it lasts for four years until right before COVID. I think、mm-hmm. they have a different project plan. So actually, that was very challenging because we have to 
send out a first shipment within like three or four months, you know, mm-hmm. uh, right. for, you know for during the first year. Right. Okay. So I, I remember there were some limited flavors every winter. You have the red bean ice cream with mochi pieces. Yeah, the product was actually being distributed throughout different countries in Europe and also in Asian countries. Mochi being an Asian flavor, so they have a incorporation with like red bean, which is very typical flavor of mochi. And but I think they also have probably green tea matcha, but also some other more Western flavor like caramel. So so basically, they use our mochi because mochi has a very mild flavor, so it's very versatile, but mm-hmm. also adding. A very unique texture to their product. I remember trying one of those and I uh, was very impressed. And I, I didn't know that you were the supplier of their mochi. Yeah, so we weren't allowed to say it at that time, you know. But I mean, they didn't avoid saying that the product was a supply from a Taiwanese company. So yeah, but we were pretty honored to be in that project. And I think they also try to get it maybe from supplier elsewhere, probably in Japan, you know. But I heard that was challenging. You know, right. So we turn out to be the best option. Right. So listeners out there, if you're interested in putting mochis in your products, you know who to call, right? And there is another product of yours that I'm very interested in. So I, I could see that on the back of your business card, you are promoting this bubble tea mochi. So how did that come about? Could you share the story? Right. So the flavor actually came around... 2019, one of our customers from Malaysia actually inquired about the possibility of developing a similar product. And Why would they ask the question then? I think they saw a different application of boba tea or bubble tea flavor in other pastries. Mm-hmm. So bubble tea as a very famous thing from Taiwan and they thought we can probably try something with it since we are a Taiwanese company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How difficult was that making bubble tea mochi? I think the difficulty was actually to come up with the idea, but it turned out to be not that difficult because mochi in nature has a very similar texture uh, of boba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just uh, used the uh, different layer to represent the different flavor that you can find in a boba tea. And so, which is milk tea and also a tapioca boba with brown sugar flavor. Yeah, right. so it turned out to be actually our best seller for the past three years. Okay, well, because if you read the latest Commonwealth magazine cover story, you see that bubble tea or boba tea in the States is having a second wave. It's making a comeback. Right, but I believe that some listeners probably also have this question in their mind. Because we all know that mochi started in Japan, and, and mochi is a Japanese word. And I think we are all wondering why, you know, isn't mochi Japanese? And how are we going to make mochi more Taiwanese? Do you have any plans for that? Right. So a lot of people know about mochi probably because Japanese cuisine, mm-hmm. you know, and so I have to admit Japan is very good at promoting their culture, you know, their cuisine around the world. Sushi, for example, and or like ramen. Mm-hmm. So we are lucky to be part of it as the wave of a culture exchange. But I would say that as a Taiwanese company, we are influenced by a lot of different cultures, not only 
like maybe some Chinese and then Japanese and also Western. So we kind of incorporate it into our philosophy of business, and we make it better. Yeah, that's right. So we started out getting the recipe, original recipe from Japan, and then but we have to adapt into the taste of our Taiwanese market. So over the past thirty years, we you know we come up with more than I think two three hundred different flavors. Some of them inspired by our customer from different countries, and some of them inspired by Taiwanese local flavors. So I think that's what we do better than maybe some of our counterparts. Yeah. So as for making it more Taiwanese, I don't know if it's going to be our approach at the moment. Of course, like the example that we just brought up, bubble tea is a very、mm -hmm. Taiwanese flavor,、right. and、yeah. but also very international because it's being promoted in the international marketplace. So a lot of people know it. They might not know it from Taiwan, but they all know what bu bubble tea is. It's And, international. Yeah, yeah. So it's very international, but also very Taiwanese. But、uh, what we're trying to do now is, with the past twenty years promoting、uh, the product in international market, what we are trying to do is to get more people know what mochi is, because I think it's a very cultural thing. You know, because people travel around the world and they may heard about. Mochi, but they don't know exactly what it is. So we're just trying to make it more accessible and available、mm -hmm. to more customers、yeah. around the world. So I think the point is really not where mochi was coming from, but it the point is it's becoming international and it's loved by a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, and、uh, right. So what's your favorite? What's your favorite mochi flavor? If you can talk about that. Right. Yeah. So I think as a Taiwanese, I. One of my favorite is peanut. Okay, you know,、uh, it's a very Taiwanese、uh, flavor. So,、uh, but I I think it's also a flavor that's、uh, beloved by a lot of foreign customers. Some other flavors I like lately, of course, the flavor that we develop for some new customer. For example, we incorporate some of the dessert into、okay. our mochi, such you know, as such as tiramisu or like maple syrup. You know, so which is more like a holiday flavor. So yeah, so those got a lot of attention because with twenty years past, we have developed a lot of flavors. So we're kind of、right. out of flavors that we can develop. I develop. have an、yeah. idea: pumpkin spice. Oh yeah, so that's <laughs> that's something actually we try, you know, but we haven't really grasped the sense. I think you know because that's not really something that we are. Our people are familiar, you know. So right, but, yeah, but the Americans are pretty familiar with that. Right. So those could be. A good potential, you know. But also, besides that, some people advise, suggest us to maybe create something savory, you know. Yeah. Yes, actually, that's my next question. Anything savory? Yeah, we have something similar in Taiwan, but it's difficult to make it long shelf life, you know. So,、hmm. but yeah, we might be doing something like curry, you know. So why not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess something is maybe happening in. Royal family lab, yeah, some experiments happening. I'm sure we're going to see future hit products coming from royal family.、Uh, could you talk about your short-term and long-term goals for the company? That's a good question. So short-term goals. As I grew up in the family in the business, so I have encountered the past maybe ten plus years trying to. Introduce a product from not so popular and now becoming a really something that people love. 
So the short-term goal would be create like more flavors that's accessible for different market, you know, and also just try to keep up the pace with the customer's inquiry. We, we have a lot of new flavors that we're currently trying right now. And then so hopefully those can be our next hit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So new flavors on the request of the customers. Yeah. And also long-term just to you know, hopefully make mochi a next, you know. Sushi. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Boba. Okay. Yeah, boba, probably, you know, sometimes I would like to tell our customer who are asking me what mochi is. I would sometimes call it an Asian version of macaroon. Oh. Uh, yeah, because it's very uh, colorful, you know, it has, mm-hmm. uh, it's very versatile. You can have uh, a lot of different flavors and you can enjoy it on its own, but also maybe with some uh, fusion inspiration. A lot of people, especially if they seeing it on social media, they would try it before they would be intrigued to get a bite of it. Yeah. Right, yeah. So listeners across the world, I bet they want to try some mochis right now. So for our listeners in, in the States, where can they find your mochis? Yeah, so we can actually be found in, of course, most of the Asian supermarkets. But besides that, some of the national brands, including Costco, and like we mentioned earlier, Trader Joe's, you can maybe find a, a couple variation. And also, actually, some of the non-food retailers, they also carry our product like TJ Maxx, Ross. And I think there was a, a retail channel called Spencer's. Yeah. Okay. So actually, I cannot name all of them, you know, but we're trying to get as close as possible to where you are. Right. Okay, so if you go to your local retailers, look for Royal Family Mochi. Yeah, or of course online as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can, Amazon. Can buy. Yeah, yeah. You can. Oh, Amazon. Amazon is a good place to go. Good. So, well, thank you, Alvin, for coming into our studio today to talk to us about the mochis. And so, if you are interested in reading more about the Taiwanese foods taking over the world, please welcome. And to our website, the Commonwealth English website, we have articles about that. So we have stories about the dry noodles, bubble tea, and of course, mochis. If you like our show, please leave a review or write us an email. And maybe share with us uh, your encounters in other countries with Taiwanese foods, delicacies. And follow Taiwanology wherever you get your podcasts. Our next episode will be online September 12th. Taiwanology is produced by Wei Ru Wang, edited by Ian Huang. I'm your host, Guang Ying Liu. Talk to you soon. Bye.